Has the latest artificial intelligence breakthroughs re-cemented America's dominance both as a new world order and a one world order? Will AI take charge or will elites armed with AI take charge? Could transhumanism be the next step in our evolution from a biological species to a technological one? How will 5G and 6G interact with these systems in our bodies to manipulate and possibly even enslave humanity? This week on the Global Research News Hour, we continue our journey into the latest adventures into the new artificial intelligence research that is taking the world by storm and firing up the imaginations of politicians, military individuals, and corporate leaders alike and see how far that takes us down the techno-autocratic hole. In our first half hour, we will hear from writer Karsten Rees about how AI has finally put the U.S. ahead of China and Russia as a true game-changer and how its enormous impacts will soon shape a new geopolitical frontier. And in our second half hour, we are joined again by geopolitical analyst Peter Koenig, who investigates the trajectory the human species is on that leads us to dark and tragic endings beyond COVID and into the Great Reset. On this week's program, the Fourth Industrial Revolution Part 2, AI, the decisive victory for the USA and global elites. Bringing you the analysis beyond the media headlines, the Global Research News Hour is on the air. Welcome to the Global Research News Hour for the week of June 23rd, 2023. The program is funded by the Center for Research on Globalization and produced in collaboration with campus community radio station CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg. I'm your host, Michael Welch. The show seeks to provide listeners with access to analysis of some of the major issues shaping our world today from thinkers, researchers, and unique political personalities rarely addressed by major media. Our shows are featured on partner radio stations across Canada and the United States and available for streaming or download at the site globalresearch.ca. We acknowledge this program was produced on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Ininu, Oji Cree, Dene, and Dakota, the birthplace of the Métis Nation and the heart of the Métis Nation homeland. It is necessary to recognize the injustices against Indigenous peoples by settler populations through broken promises, colonialism, and genocide, so we don't continue to replicate these crimes against them and other peoples moving forward. Respect, renewal, and reparations between our people are necessary to reverse the course. Now it's time for News Notes, a sampling of articles from the Global Research News site. Listeners should know that some of the articles may run against common messaging about sensitive subjects and are not all endorsed by this radio station. Consequently, it is not surprising that the African Peace Initiative delegation headed by Republic of South African President Cyril Ramaphosa has been calling for a diplomatic resolution to the war and the lifting of sanctions against the Russian Federation. The war and sanctions imposed by the U.S. and other North Atlantic Treaty Organization or NATO states and their allies has disrupted the supply of agricultural products and inputs to several African states. These problems are aggravated by the financial impact of the Western sanctions, which have severely restricted the mechanism for financial payments involving 
global trade. At the same time, the U.S. Congress has advanced a bill which would further interfere with the capacity of AU member states to conduct trade with the Russian Federation. See this. That comes from the article, African Peace Initiative Seeks to End War in Eastern Europe by Abeyomi Azikiwe, posted June 21st. The Great Reset, or the Fourth Industrial Revolution, as they sometimes call it, would be the start of a new, terrifying age of feudalism. It's a return to the oligarch and peasant model, a return to enslavement. The average person would only be allowed to work as a means to survive, never to accumulate wealth for the future. The primary stepping stone to this dystopian nightmare would be a global digital currency system. Without a cashless society, the globalists would have no power to enforce the other elements of their reset. That comes from the article, The Great Reset is Almost Here. Are You Prepared? by Brandon Smith, posted June 21st, originally published on Birch Gold Group. You see it every day in the COVID lockdowns, vaccine propaganda, government-sponsored censorship, and banking finance restrictions on what you're allowed to do with your own money. The shocking truth, however, is that it's going to get far, far worse if we don't stop the march of tyranny that's accelerating all around us. In today's analysis, I detail 10 unbelievable things that are sure to take place if we don't stop the march of tyranny and take back our privacy, our dignity, and our future. Humanity now faces a critical choice. We either choose the path of total enslavement under an authoritarian, techno-fascist dictatorship, or we choose to instead embrace decentralized finance, free speech, rationality, and the rule of law. That comes from the article, Dystopian Nightmare, 10 Unbelievable Things That Will Happen Soon If We Don't Stop the March of Tyranny and the Enslavement of Humanity, by Mike Adams, posted June 21st, originally published on naturalnews.com. Julian's legal team have filed a final application for appeal, the last option available in the British courts. If accepted, the case could proceed to a public hearing in front of two new high court judges. If rejected, Julian could be immediately extradited to the United States where he will stand trial for 18 counts of violating the Espionage Act charges that could see him receive a 175-year sentence as early as this week. The only chance to block an extradition, if the final appeal is rejected, as I expect it will be, would come from the European Court of Human Rights, the ECTHR, the parliamentary arm of the Council of Europe, which created the ECTHR, along with their Commissioner for Human Rights, oppose Julian's, quote, detention, extradition, and prosecution, unquote, because it represents, quote, a dangerous precedent for journalists, unquote. That comes from the article, The Imminent Extradition of Julian Assange and the Death of Journalism, by Chris Hedges, posted June 21st, originally published on Sheer Post. 
These are just a few of the featured articles appearing last week on the Global Research website. Regular visitors to the site are encouraged to send monetary contributions by fax, mail, or online. Just go to globalresearch.ca and click Donate on the menu bar. An individual who has written many articles for global research on the topic of the new artificial intelligence is Karsten Reese. He's a partner and editor of Change News and Change Management, holds a Master of Science Economics from Copenhagen Business School, and has a university degree in Spanish, Culture, and Languages from Copenhagen University. I asked him to elaborate on his assessment that AI would help the U.S. profoundly make up for recent losses in economics, Ukraine, and other developments. Smart programming can be impressive for sure, but can it really help the U.S. profoundly when they were previously on a, a long-term decline? I believe it can. Uh, AI, in my view, and I have been studying this for, for a while now, as you mentioned, is going to change everything. It's like the internet uh, many times over. And it's going to go into all sectors of life, into private life, into your role as a journalist or researcher, into the life of private citizens as uh, assistants, into business, into science, into military, into transport, trade, finance, everything. Of course, there is no guarantee that the U.S. will not destroy its own opportunities. It's, it's very capable of, of doing that, but the opportunities for the U.S. is there are there, and the U.S. is is very effectively cutting off China from these technologies. And it's, I've been grappling how to, how to visualize the size of this development. And one thing is that uh, Czech GPT has been the fastest growing IT application ever. It came out the 30th of November last year, and in two months, it got 100 million users. That's faster than anything. And many of these users are first uh, scientists or IT people, but there are so many ordinary people who are interested in this. So it's very broad across the spectrum. Mm. Yeah. And a very profound thing about this technology is that it's so easy to use. So, I mean, go back to the personal PC. Those generations that had never used computers had a big barrier to use a PC. So the penetration time was very long, 10, 15, 20 years. But AI is using normal natural language, which is what everybody uses in contact with other people. 
So you simply use AI as a super intelligent assistant for anything you want to do. As a company, as a government, as a military, whatever. You know, before December 2022, last year, uh, you know, 10 months into the war in Ukraine, as a matter of fact, I, I should point out you, you were uh, optimistic about China winning the AI race. They led with the Wu Dao 2.0 and, and announced That's it. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and they were also ahead in, in quantum computers as well. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but the U.S. I thought so. I thought so. Okay, well, the U.S. Was, is suddenly taking leaps in this area. Um, uh, how did that, in terms of the, the quantum computing, how did that come about? Is it is it connected in any way with AI? Uh, not yet. It will be. Not yet. But in two years, probably. Okay. In two years, quantum computing will go into the domains that you have been using normal computing for. But not yet. Uh, but something happened. And I think that the US has been very smart to hide its cards, to, to not show how far it was in AI. Um, I, I'll show you some of the things which have been constructed. Okay. The AI uses a lot of computing power, enormous computing power. <clears throat> Enormous data. No, yeah. And nobody really knew how big that was going to be, except, except the US government and a few very big companies like Microsoft and IBM. And they have been working on this and not talking loudly about it until they made the big release of ChatGPT in November last year. Right. Mm. So that has been a big leap, but a small circle of people have seen and been participating in this for me. Mm. That is how it works. And you can see that the the chip restrictions on China came, I think, in August last year, 2022. Okay. And this must have been planned early 2022. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure that at least from early 2022, the US government has known that this was already going to be a very, very big thing. Okay. Ah, so even before they in, went into Ukraine, well, uh, with this sudden... Maybe at the same time, but but yeah, more or less. Yeah. With a sudden breakthrough in AI that, that put them ahead, how how does this translate to the situation in Taiwan <laughs> where uh, these AI chips are being built? That's a US predicament. Because if China takes Taiwan now, 90% of these chips will be gone because they're made there. And that is why the U.S. is in a hurry to make its own chip production at home. So there is 
a time frame of, I don't know, maybe three years until the US is up and running with its own chip production. So you're saying that this move, that uh, if in the event that the China, I guess, takes over the Taiwan or uh, yeah, it, yeah, it, it it sets them back three years or sets the U.S. back three years sooner yeah, than more than three years, more than three years. Okay. But they have three years to to close that um, risk. Hmm. So I after in in three three five years they have factories of chips in in Europe and in the USA to take over. Right. Well. Okay. So the the best move <laughs> from the Chinese side is is to take control of Taiwan essentially. Uh, uh, yes. Would, would this move bring NATO and and other countries together against China the the same way that Russian invading Ukraine did? I mean, how profound a move would this be for, for international geopolitics? It will be absolutely changing, profound, and it will be a chance for the U.S. to bring everybody against China, to call China an aggressor and to decouple China in every way. And that is what the U.S. is hoping to deter China with. China has the military power to take Taiwan, but China doesn't want to do it in a war. But war will be the only option for China because the US, once the US has got all this lined up, they will use more and more of the salami tactic to make Taiwan independent. Wow. And make Taiwan uh, a missile base for, for U.S. Uh, military forces around China. My goodness. So not, not a very hopeful thing for Taiwan itself, I imagine. Mm, they're not, uh, all of them asked about this. Um, I mean, Many people, observers, uh, expect that if China should take Taiwan right now, the U.S. will bomb the chip factories on Taiwan because they cannot use them themselves and will prevent that the Chinese get them. They don't ask the Taiwanese about that. They will just do it. China is a, is a different player, though. I mean, un unlike Russia, I mean, they're building the BRI, uh, they're, they're a powerful economy. Um, many countries in the global south are, are inclining towards China as opposed to the US banking system and the Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. pr pricing their oil in, in the uh, one now. Uh, and and you know, that, that's opposed to the US banking system. I mean, yeah. when it comes to, to this issue of, uh, I mean, what, what does does AI truly have the ability to smash the BRICS plus? Um, or will they just be? Everybody smart? will depend. Everybody will depend on the U.S. for supply of AI, and that also goes for India. Um. India and the U.S. have a, a 
cooperation in AI. Uh, Microsoft is running big data centers for AI in India. And India's AI is building upon US AI. So uh, and now you have a state visit of Modi in, in, in Washington. Uh, I believe that the US will do everything it can to break India out of the place. And AI is not going to do that alone, but will be a part of that US puzzle how to try to achieve that. So basically what you're saying is that uh, if you had one part of the world which had computers and another part that didn't have computers, who's mm -hmm. going to dominate? It's going to be the ones with computers. And it's the exactly. same thing, the artificial yeah. intelligence. It will it will give you an automatic edge over the opposition. And right yeah. now, the United States has is in charge of uh, the, this art AI race, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You said you had some images to show me. Could I take a look at them now? Yeah. Um... What you see here is a very big building. If you look at the cast for comparison, you see how big a building this is. It yes. looks like a factory. But this is an AI center uh, owned by Microsoft or being built by Microsoft in Dublin. Yeah. And you see it's very big. It's about, uh, I think, three football fields or something like that. Right. Okay. And imagine, and this is a statement from Microsoft, that Microsoft is this year alone, 2023, building 120 of these all over the world. Amazing. <laughs> and, and, and this is, uh, I mean, you can start counting. Uh, I, I tried and I actually used AI for my research because it's, it's actually, it's, it's very used for everything. Mm -hmm. And I found that one data center will cost between 300 million and $500 million. Yeah. One such data center. And I think it's more the big end, the high end, 500 million, half a billion that you're looking at here. Times yeah. 120, that's one every three days to be built. My goodness. That's 60 billion dollars in AI centers alone. Yes. Well, here's another one. Okay. It's probably in the US. Enormous. And it stretches out and you see you can hardly see the cars so small are they? Yeah. And it's filled with things like this. Computers and nothing else. And and look at the cables here. They are also special. There's so much technology going into this. Because it's not enough to have fast chips, you also need to have fast 
transfer uh-huh. fast cables. And they made all of that. Yeah, they are, are they made of what are they made of copper? I don't know. Oh. Because that could be an area where they have to have uh you know you're you're going back to the, the rare minerals or the, the minerals. No, 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 uh, not for the cables, no no. It's, it'll be copper or or light uh, face or I don't know. Yeah, and you mentioned the the, the immense number of uh, of dollars, sixty billion dollars in in uh, so far. That's my assessment. Yes, for okay. this year alone, and they're not done in this year. I'm sure about that. Okay, so yeah, well, that's very interesting. So, uh, yeah, well, what. You know the the the, tra- the trajectory we're on now is full speed ahead towards AI. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, they don't invest sixty billion for nothing. No. <laughs> True. You can be sure they have got the customers all ready for this. Okay. Well, I... customers. Okay. Maybe. And just... this has not been planned for two weeks. Okay. It's been planned for one year or two years, and nobody knew about it. Mm-hmm. Here, in this image, you have a world map, which shows where they have put these data centers. They have made 60 regions for the 120 data centers. Mm. And they put them not in Russia, but nearly everywhere else. Oh my goodness. Okay, we've got two in Africa, a bunch in North America, Europe, Australia, Japan, but nothing in China. India. India, yeah. Yeah, there are are a few data centers in China, but I'm not sure whether they are uh, for AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft has got uh, five or six data centers in uh, China, but they're from before this. Okay. They're not part of the 120 data centers which are being built now. Okay. Well, that that's really very impressive. Um, so, yeah, well, thank you very much. Is, is there anything you'd like to add about the situation uh, before we close this conversation about the direction of AI and the... Uh, Canada, China, do add there. Mm. Uh, education. AI is going into education from kindergarten and up to postgraduate university. Every student will have an AI tutor. It means that the pace, the speed of learning, human learning, not AI alone, but also HI, human intelligence, will increase with AI. And that will be a tool to make average student above average and average above average student master students at all levels. It also means that the 
retraining or re-education of people who lose their jobs because of AI will be much faster. At least if the politicians want it. Because technology alone doesn't make policy, politicians do. Uh, also, two things I would like perhaps to say to close off. Yeah. All this care about AI taking over the world is bogus. It's it's nothing. It's it's just it's just fantasy. It won't happen. But AI will enable some people to control the world. And that is something to be scared of. Mm. On that uh, rather disappointing note, uh, I'd like to thank you, Karsten Reese. I really enjoyed this uh, conversation with you and uh, hope, wish you all the best. And maybe we can uh, resume this conversation at a later date. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Have a nice day too. Karsten Reese is a partner and editor of Change News and Change Management and a frequent internet mm -hmm. international consultant. He's also a writer for Global Research. You're listening to the Global Research News Hour, broadcasting from CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg and from partnering radio stations across Canada and the United States. So right now, uh, joining us to share some thoughts, not, not only about artificial intelligence, but uh, the Great Reset and the, uh, the pandemic and the digitalized currency and uh, all the other things, uh, we, we have a researcher who's been very much uh, in charge of looking into these things. And uh, he's going to spread a lot of uh, what he's uh, sourced out from uh, well, countless directions. And his name is, of course, Peter Koenig. He's a geopolitical analyst and a former senior economist at the World Bank and the World Health Organization, where he worked for over 30 years around the world. And uh, he lectures at universities in the US, Europe, and South America. And uh, Peter is a research associate of the Center for Research on Globalization and has paid great attention to the mechanisms in play throughout the pandemic and beyond. Welcome, Peter. Thank you very much for this fabulous introduction, Michael. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank so, you for having me. Okay. Uh, starting with artificial intelligence, it, it was actually on the agenda of the Bilderberg Conference in the Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, the CEO, Sam Altman of, of OpenAI, Open which uh, founded the new artificial intelligence technology, uh, was an attendee. And he previously testified in front of a U.S. Senate Judiciary Subcommittee regarding the recent rise of artificial intelligence. Biden administration assigned Eric Schmidt to head the National Security Commission on uh, Na Artificial Intelligence, uh, or the AI Commission. And he chairs Bilderberg. He chairs it. Even Henry Kissinger has taken great interest in AI as well. So with all of these players in the background uh, really sort of salivating over this thing, uh, what, what are your key concerns about uh, where AI may be headed? Okay, uh, let me allow me to, to start by saying that we are about the fifth or sixth civilization that has uh, inhabited this planet. 
uh, in the past several hundreds of thousands of years, probably. All of these previous civilizations have died out uh, from what we know, basically uh, by uh, committing, in a way, suicide with technological, what they are calling advances. More technology, more materialism, and less spirituality. Uh, materialism is seductive. It allows the least spiritual people to become an elite by accumulating more and more material things, making technical advances. I, I call them advances uh, between quotes. Mind you, they are not really advances, uh, so people understand, though. These technical advances allow them and ever smaller and ever smaller elite to uh, process ever more material goods and eventually to control those who have less or no material goods. And this is, this is actually what is happening now. Uh, from what we know, previous civilizations have been equally or more advanced in technological uh, uh, know-how than we are now in different ways. They had technologies uh, we dream of but don't know how to activate them, like uh, free energy. Free energy is all around us. Those who control and drive these technological advances uh, would lose control if we would be in possession of, 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 of the technologies, of applying these technologies. You know, so in, in, in a spiritual sense, these people become sick, I put it again in quotes, actually dangerous and including dangerous for themselves because they are eventually destroying the very base that they used to dominate, that they would like to dominate. Well, today we are about again at these crossroads of technification of everything. We call it digitization, transhumanism, where a machine controls our brains, actually what we call artificial intelligence or AI. Our means of exchange, we call it money, will be digitized. So it allows the elite, which controls it all, to put the population in handcuffs, so to speak, in prison, actually, because these digitized, uh, uh, this digitized money, which they will call central bank digital currency, or CBDC, will be programmable. That's the plan, meaning they can block it from you using it if you don't behave. They can make it expire at, uh, at a certain point. They can, or let me say could, because we are not there yet, starve you to death if they want to. It is as simple as that. And just today I've read that the managing director of the IMF has said the IMF is pressing with all means to introduce worldwide uh, central bank digital currency. So you know what that means. They are all under control of an elite. They are not acting on their own. And we, the people, are lied to constantly by those who control the technology, what we call technology, who also control what we call the media, the information system, all can be bought by material things, in this case, by money, what we use as an exchange system. Maybe people have heard about the Tavistock Institute for Social Manipulation. Uh, I don't know. It's highly recommended for those who want to wake up. It is the little, uh, it is a, it, it's the title of a book that describes the way manipulation works and has been working for the last, I would say, probably about uh, 60 to 80 years, always more sophisticated, so that most people have no clue how they are manipulated. Avistock is based in the UK. Its counterpart of the US is called DARPA, 
and YODARPA stands for Defense Advanced Research Projects, Projects Agency. It is a think tank attached to the Pentagon doing the same and much, much more. So with this as a background, AI, artificial intelligence, has been under preparation for a long time, for decades at least. It has come lately to the fore because it is now that they are planning to apply it to humans. First, it must be made palatable to people so that they like it and fall for it. Once they do, they can be easily enslaved by AI. Their brains will be controlled by remote AI, as well as very well explained by Dr. James Giordano. And you may have seen that in 2018 at the West Point New York Military Academy for the elite military officers. He has been very straightforward. There's no way of missing out on what he has to say and what he means. Very honest. Could I just um, just, yes, just intercede for a minute? Uh, I mean, you, you, you seem to have artificial intelligence as, as part of the, uh, this transition from where we were pre-pandemic to this sort of industrial revolution, uh, great reset phase. And I mean, it, it seems to me that like AI has, has recently gone up a major upsurge, uh, like as, as recently as December of 2022 last year with the, the chat GPT program. And I, I just have to ask, you know, how how could you could you explain how that is possible when like all along you you, you seem to be indicating that artificial intelligence was on the rise? I mean, how, how do you get that? Okay, well, maybe it's uh, when you see the the whole picture, it, it's kind of uh, almost logical because they are now at the point of introducing it to humanity. Before it was prepared, it was preparation, it was kept in secret. And now, uh, last year, as as you said very very well at the, at the beginning, uh, as we are transiting from uh, the introduction to the Great Reset, which was uh, the COVID farce, um, to the, uh, what is called the, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, we have to, the people have to know, that the artificial intelligence is coming and that the artificial intelligence is a good thing. That's what we are told, that it will help us. Uh, and no, it's not true that it will take away our jobs. Actually, our jobs will be will become much more interesting by it and so on and so on. Uh, you know, there, there are more and more people, though, who, who are very doubtful about it. And uh, even Elon Musk has said, we have to watch out for artificial intelligence. And he was one of the first ones to, to, to use it. So uh, because artificial intelligence can easily take our human intelligence. And this was actually Klaus Schwab's plan at, the, at one point. You know, and this is not coincidence. In 2016, he gave an interview on, uh, on Swiss, French Swiss uh, TV, in which he said, by 2025, I mean, I'm paraphrasing it. It's, it's not exactly these words, but that's what he said. By 2025, we will probably all have either chips implanted in our clothes or implanted on, under our skin so that we can interact. He called it interact with uh, electromagnetism, with electronic waves. What he was talking about at that time, he didn't mention it was probably 5G and soon to come probably 6G, you know, which can manipulate us from a long distance. And if uh, if we have listened to Dr. Giordano, uh, he has clearly said, you know, right now, 
that the, the, the science has advanced to the point where people can be uh, targeted directly by these waves. They don't need a chip anymore. Actually, most of those who have been vaccinated were vaccinated with uh, with graphene, uh, 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 what is it, with graphene oxide, with this highly magnetic material, which uh, the Spanish research group called the fifth column uh, has found out about. And this is-, this this is, is something sir, Sorry, but I mean, the graphene oxide, like all the manufacturers, and they all say that that's, that's a conspiracy theory. There's no basis for saying that graphene or graphene oxide is there. Could you just give us a little bit more? Uh, any Is there any documentation you could present on that file? Of course, there's lots of documentation exactly by these researchers, Spanish researchers, the fifth column. Of course, all these manufacturers, they have to say no. Of course, that's part of the plan to lie. It's, it's, of course, it's, uh, it's the fact checkers who, who tell you that it's conspiracy theory, but it is not, it is actually true. And the truth is that this uh, highly uh, magnetic uh, oxygen graphite, when it uh, graphite oxide, if if it if it comes in touch with um, with five G with this micro uh, wave, it becomes highly magnetic, and with it, it uh, your human brain can be easily manipulated. I mean, this all of this has been said in by scientists, by DARPA scientists, uh, by uh, uh, by other scientists from other research centers in this in this area. So all of those who say it's conspiracy theories are of course paid fact checkers. They have to make you believe that uh, all of this is a lie, but it is not. Mm. Uh, um, in your writing, you brought up two examples of a couple of scientists, uh, Karen Kingston and Anna Mihalche. And uh, I, I've brought up a particularly disturbing quote about them uh, written in an art in an article of yours and it goes as follows they are in the forefront explaining how covid injections were never just about reducing population but much worse than their deadly side effects they are about transhumanism so transhumanism is an element of, of this transition away um could, could you explain you know exactly what you're talking about there and, and, and who benefits from this transhumanism? Well, those who control the world. And this is exactly what uh, what Klaus Schwab said during that, that uh, interview with the Swiss-French uh, TV station. Actually, I think he used, if I'm not wrong, he used the term transhumans, that we could be made into transhumans, which would interact. He said it very positively. You know, he said nothing negative. You have to read between the lines, the same way you have to read between the lines, uh, but we are intelligent enough to do that. Uh, the same way we have to do that to read between the lines. If we read uh, the Great Reset, or if we, uh, or if we read uh, uh, the the Fourth Industrial Revolution, I mean it, it is fascinating. And these books, I would recommend them to anyone. These books are available on Amazon. You can buy them and and actually start understanding what is going on. So. Transhumanism, the two things that, ha that, that happened with the vaccines. Uh, one of them is to create as many side effects as possible. There are, I don't know how many different, I think nobody knows exactly how many different concoctions there are out there uh, that uh, cause so many different, I call them side effects, which are actually not side effects. They're, they're wanton effects of checking out 
which ones of these uh, concoctions is most deadly and uh, what do they cause? Because the deadliness is not the only one. Another one is uh, creating infertility. And I mean, this, we don't have to go very far. Already in the last two years, particularly in Germany, but also in other countries in Europe, including in, in my country, in Switzerland, we have seen infertility increasing by 20 to 40 percent uh, during the last two years. And then this is all, of course, nobody will tell you that. There are lots of fact checkers out there to say that this, this is not the, the vaccines are not vaccines. The vaccines are not the cause for it, but there is something else. Of course, it's 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 the vaccines. This is one one of the means of depopulation, depopulating the world is by uh, reducing fertility, and uh, and the other the other way also uh, outright killing people. And we have uh, we have very very uh, famous and respectful scientists like uh, uh, Mike Yeadon. You may have heard of him. He has spoken out. He was a former vice president of uh, of Pfizer, and he was also in charge of. Uh, research uh, at Pfizer. So he has spoken out and said that uh, most of these so-called side effects, um, many of them probably deadly, would appear appear uh, if they don't hit immediately. Most of them would appear within the next uh, five to ten years after the injection, to a point where you know if people if people get cancer, there are all sorts of side effects, in, 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 including. Uh, Many kinds of of cancer, leukemias, uh, and and other deadly diseases. Uh, it will be very very difficult to trace them back to the to the vaccine if they if they appear uh, uh, five or ten years from now. So even he is he is a very respectable person and has come out uh, saying this not only once on several occasions uh, in 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 his own videos. So this is not conspiracy theory. This is outright a crime. Talking about, I guess, 5G and, and, and 6G uh, a few minutes ago uh, in this whole unusual enterprise and that, uh, that that's interacting with the, uh, I guess, the, the graphene in your system. Um, but you know, the, the reason for 5G and S6G is really to just enhance our, uh, our, our, you know, our, our internet abilities, uh, faster downloads, uh, driverless cars, etc. And yes, we've got covered some reporting about how you know this is not necessarily good it's not properly tested it would have a, a damaging effects on humans but i i think i need a little bit more foundation for the the claim that this is in fact part of a plan to to uh, manipulate and, and and possibly enslave us i mean can, can you present that okay well first of all i mean this i i hope you don't believe what you just said uh, that, uh, that the main purpose of 5, uh, 5G is uh, faster downloads and uh, more power on uh, on your computer and so on. This, this is, of course, is not true. Or I have not heard anybody so far talking about liking uh, self-driving uh, cars. To the contrary, they have caused more problems than, than not. And I certainly uh, would never want to be in a, in a self-driving taxi or in a self-driving car. Uh, and and I have, as I said, not heard anybody who would like that. So this is this is not the purpose. Uh, with 4G, 
the capacity, we still have ample capacity to do much more downloading if it's only that. No, but 5G has the capacity of actually killing people, of actually manipulating minds. And I mean, you want more proof. What more proof can I give you than, than the, the video? I, uh, you have to probably seen the video by Dr. Giordani, uh, which is in one of my uh, articles uh, on global research. Uh, this is this is proof. He is a scientist. He has been in science. He, he talks actually about this science being about uh, at least 40 years old. And out of these 40 years, he has been 35 years in this science. So he is one of the of the very few people who has a very, very high credibility. And he talks very openly about it, what this what this can do. I, I, I can't give you more proof than that. And there are others. I mean, there are others mentioned in in, in, in others in, in other we, uh, videos uh, that are also included in this uh, in this um, in this article they're talking from the UK also scientists whistleblowers who have been uh, working for the secret service in in the UK working with this technology they tell you the same thing so so this is the most that I can give you and I think this is absolutely credible credible proof. Uh, you can easily probably get the the websites uh, out of uh, out of this article in global research. Uh, if not, I can send it to you later on, uh, uh, so that 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 you can put it uh, with with this uh, with this broadcast into this broadcast, so that people can see for themselves. I think this uh, this is maybe the best proof uh, that I can tell you. Okay. Uh, that this that the main purpose is not faster downloads. Okay. Well, you're you're really guarding against uh, basically the arrival of Agenda 2030, right? That sustainable, so-called sustainable development aim. Um, what if if we if if they succeed in achieving this aim? And what what's what's the world going to look like? What are people? What will have changed? Uh, possibly irretrievably. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think what we need to do, we should never think that they will achieve it. Because if we help them thinking that they will achieve it, we facilitate their achieving it. So they will not achieve it. Uh, that's one thing. And that the other thing is that uh, that evil projects in the end will not succeed. They may do a lot of harm on the way there, but in the end, they will not succeed. So I don't believe uh, this, this will actually succeed. And you started out with, yes, I'm guarding against Agenda 2030. Because Agenda 2030 is basically identical with the Great Reset, with uh, with Klaus Schwab's, uh, you know, the, the eternal chairman of the World Economic Forum, uh, with with his Great Reset, and he also wrote and published, I think, in 2018, the Fourth Industrial Revolution. That's what we are talking about now. There is a, is a sort of a, a gliding passage between the Great Reset. And the and the, the fourth industrial revolution, and in between are these plans. They are all planned to be implemented within the decade of the twenties. They basically has started on the first of January two thousand and twenty with with the onset of of the, of the fake uh, pandemic, and uh, now we are now in in year three. Uh, where all these new technologies will be introduced with the digitization of everything, including of money and um, and and of course of, of our brains. So yes, I mean uh, the, the, the agenda 2030 
is uh, goes hand in hand with the Great Reset. And I tell you more, you know, uh, the United Nations, what we believe was a, was a, an organization set up, I think, when, when it was in, in 1944, after World War II, in order to, to guard for peace in the world, you know, and to monitor peace. This you can forget. This United Nations has has ceased to be what it was sort of created for. United Nations has been totally sold out. Guterres is a good friend of Klaus Schwab's. Actually, Schwab is his boss, if you want to, because Schwab has all the money behind it, all the money players behind it. He has BlackRock and so on behind him. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and the United Nations are just the, 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 the talking ground for, for the, the REF's agenda. And REF actually itself is only the implementer of those uh, elites who are invisible in most, in most cases. So yes, the United Nations have been, has been totally sold out. And this is where the United Nations and WHO come in at a certain point, because WHO has never really been created as a world health organization as we think it is. It has been invented by the Rockefellers, the eugenists, as you know, uh, in order to control the people and people's life in the world. And, that's, and this comes to the fore right now. And uh, I saw that already a long time ago. I worked for WHO, but it wasn't visible. And even today, I think most of the people working at WHO, they do jobs, they do decent jobs, they're decent people. They have no idea or not much of an idea of what's really going on in the background of WHO. And that's why the, the World Health Assembly that uh, was actually... Uh, 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 debating this uh, pandemic treaty and the revised uh, international health regulations during two, 10 days. I mean, they have been working on it for the last year or two years, but during the last uh, 10 days in, in May, they were debating it particularly and were expected to actually vote on it, and they didn't uh, because they were afraid that there are too many people who have become a uh, informed about it, and who is WHO? WHO is actually not even an independent agency. WHO is financed by 80% or more by the private sector, by Bill Gates, by the pharmaceuticals, by other interest groups, and only 20% or less, depending on the year, already during the time when I was working there, is financed actually by member countries' contributions, like they do with other UN agencies. Okay. So 80% or more comes from the private sector. So you can just imagine who calls the shots in WHO. It's the yeah. pharma industry, it's Bill Gates, it's eugenists who call the shot. But very unfortunately, I have to say that, and uh, I've dedicated the part, parts of my life to, to this organization. Fortunately, working, a diff working in a different sector, but still working for this organization. And I think it has to be said what, uh, what is really behind WHO. Okay, well, uh, we've got about 30 seconds left, but I, I just wanted to conclude with the fact that you, you really are optimistic that we can get out of this, right? I mean... Yes, well, I'm optimistic. I think uh, one of your, your uh, questions uh, said, what makes me optimistic? And, uh, and I think so far, we haven't really seen uh, a lot of resistance, but I believe what we have seen recently just in recent weeks, is a very important resistance, namely the Republicans in the Senate of the United States, 
and the United States is very important because this whole push for a health tyranny came from the United States, of course, also indirectly through the United States, it was pushed through, through the elites that pushed the United States government to do so. So, but it is important that from the United States, the senators, the Republican senators have already launched a motion in the Senate to exit WHO. I mean, if this happens, there may be other countries, and I know there are other countries already working on it, other countries uh, that are uh, much less known than the United States. And for example, my home country, there's an initiative is being launched and is being a, uh, ongoing, an initiative, a people's initiative. You know, we still have the people's initiative in Switzerland, a people's initiative that would aim at exiting, at the government exiting uh, WHO. So this is one of the resistance movements that encourages me. And if more people know about it, uh, I think more people will wake up to it. And I think what counts really is uh, that we wake up in unison and that we, that we act in solidarity and that we act spiritually and, and not in hatred. I think what the worst thing that we can do is hate these people who are behind it because the vibration of these people is so low and that's what they want. They want us to hate them because when you hate them, the vibration is so low that you will not ascend to a spiritual level that we actually have to ascend as human beings. That's what my hope is, and that's why I'm optimistic that we eventually will get there. Okay. Thank you so much for uh, this conversation, Peter Koenig. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. That was uh, Peter Koenig, a geopolitical analyst and a former senior economist at the World Bank and World Health Organization. Uh, he spoke to us from Geneva. And with that, we end the show for this week. Next week on the last interview of our 2022-2023 season, as we approach the 20th anniversary of Dr. David Kelly's death, we consider rationales for his probable murder with a good friend, James Corbett. Tune in to the season finale next week. listening to the Global Research News Hour, a program funded by the Center for Research on Globalization and produced in collaboration with campus community radio station CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe, Ininu, Ojikri, Dene, and Dakota, the birthplace of the Métis Nation and the heart of the Métis Nation homeland. The show airs on partner radio stations across Canada and the United States and is available for streaming or download at the site globalresearch.ca. To leave feedback on this program, please email globalresearchnewshour at gmail.com. I've been your host, Michael Welch. Thanks once again for joining us.